that for this podcast article, we'll talk about expectations and gratefulness as they relate to positive change. Now, before I begin with a new episode, I feel that I need to tell you something which I sincerely believe in my heart. You see, I do believe in God, and let me tell you why. Throughout this process of bringing the best out of ourselves, we'll find that what our minds are inclined to thinking actually comes true in our lives. This is why the internal change process examples in our freebie last episode mentioned that affirmations and visualizations are important. But as much as there should be this effort that comes from us, I believe that God I believe that good things come to us because there is a God. Let's think about this. I go to my room, think positive thoughts, and after that, I go out into the world. As I go through life, I find good things. Could I just say that they just merely come to me? Don't get me wrong. I do feel that we are all connected. That I am connected to this chair I'm sitting on. I'm connected to my family and to others. That I may be even connected to a tree at the other side of the world. However, no matter how connected I can be with them, I am not them. I'm not this chair. I'm not my family. I'm not that tree at the other side of the world. However, when I think about positive thoughts... When I think about the chair, my family, or even the tree on the other side of the world, I truly believe that God could hear me and He is out there to introduce me to these good things. You might get all philosophical and ask, if you think positive thoughts and God introduces you to positive things and people, does this mean That if you think negative thoughts, then God will introduce you to negative things and people? My logic tells me no, and let me explore more on that. God, being a loving God, would still try to present to me good things. But then, if I always think about the bad things, do you think I'll see what He wants to introduce to me? Even even if He puts ten a hundred, or even a thousand good things in front of me. I don't believe I'd be able to see them if I always think of negative things. Then you might ask, so are you saying that God is manipulating the events and people around me so as to bring me good things? Actually, no. It's not about manipulation. It's, it's, that's not what we're talking about here. Instead, it's about introductions. Introductions. Imagine yourself in a party. A guy, perhaps the host who knows everyone, happily sees you. When he sees you, he says, Oh, Nicole, I know you have a business for so-and-so. Actually, somebody who I was just introduced to a few months back is in the same industry as you are. Let me introduce him to you. So he presents the good things to you. But mind you, it doesn't end there. And that's where this law of attraction comes in. Because after that introduction to the good, the next question is, 
Will you gravitate towards it? Will you be attracted to it? You can and you will if you see it. And you'll see it only if it's something you frequently think about. In the end, I can't help but look at the graces I have in my life. I have my weaknesses, I have my faults, and I do have my share of hurtful events. But you know what? I can very well say that things have been working out really well for me, and I can't help but really feel grateful, to God particularly. I do have a wonderful life. I have people who sincerely love me. I have my share of luxuries. I like being an analyst and I like being able to do this podcast. It is by grace that I seem to get all these good things, simply because they are there, being introduced to me, and I just take the steps towards the good things. And this brings me to the actual topic of this podcast, expectations and gratefulness. Do you know of anyone who actually expected more from you than you ever did yourself? Perhaps a person was a teacher who eked out a higher grade from you, or a boss who gave you an opportunity to spearhead a project, or perhaps it was a parent who sincerely believed that you're going to make it no matter how many mistakes you've already made. Because of their inspiration, which was exhibited by their expectations, you achieved more. Now just think about this. You could be that person who could inspire people, including yourself. All you have to do is expect the best. Imagine waking up during the day, feeling great, and expecting the best to come out of your day. How do you think will your day end up? Now imagine another morning when you've expected the worst out of your day. How do you think will your day end up? Expecting positive things about others, about yourself, about the situation will most likely bring about positive effects. Meanwhile, expecting the worst from others, from yourself, or from a situation will most likely bring about negative effects. It's hard to believe sometimes, but really our expectations are signs of people and things to come in our lives. If you expect your loved one to betray you, there's a large possibility that he or she will. If you give the excuse that your child is shy or lazy, then he or she will think that he really is and might actually be shy and become shy and lazy. However, if you expect the best out of people, encouraging them to try again if they make a mistake, and praising them if they've done good, then you could help them bring the best out of themselves. This is not about manipulation. Remember that people could be very different from you. Even if they came through us or not us, they are their own selves. They will have their own passions, own beliefs, and to bring the best out of them, We should help them grow in those passions and beliefs. One day, there were two siblings, a brother age four and a sister who was a year older. They were in a bookstore with their parents and were looking at the different things around them. 
Then they came to an area where there were boxes and boxes of crayons. Both of them agreed that they wanted a box of crayons each, so they went to their parents and pulled them to where the coloring stuffs were. Their parents looked at each other as if to check if it was a good idea, and they nodded at their children. Which ones do you like? There were packs of 8 colors, 12, 24, 64, 128. The sister expected that their parents would be getting the cheapest box, so she pointed at the box of eight. The little brother thought that the more cranes, the better, so he pointed out that he liked the 128-piece box. But then he moved um, his hand on the left and said that the 64-piece would be fine as well. On that day, both of the children got an eight-piece box each. The little brother scratched his head and everyone could tell that it was not what he was expecting. But he was thankful anyway. In the next few days, the little brother kept on using the colors given to him and would show what he did to their parents. He'd leave some parts uncolored. When asked why, he would say, well, how could I? I don't have the colors I need for them. And so yeah, eventually he got the box of 64 colors. When he grew older, he got the 128-piece box. Okay, so now let's talk about gratitude and how it reinforces positive situations. At this point, I can't help but remember my mom. Anyway, I had noticed that my mom was pretty close with my dad's siblings. And so I started observing how my mom related to my dad's brothers and sisters. There were many things to consider, but what I remember the most is how she accepted the gifts given to her. The gifts came because of any reason. It could be her birthday, or it was Christmas, or just because a sibling of, of my dad, living in another country, came for a visit. Right after receiving the gift, my mom would say something like this, Oh my, thank you. This is very beautiful. I could use it when... And then she'd list down all the possible venues she could make use of that item, and even how she's going to use it. For example, if it was a dress, she'll unfold it, put it on her chest, and say, This will be good when going to a party. Or, if it was a bag, she'll put it over her shoulder and say, This will definitely go with the dress I bought a week, a few weeks back. Sometimes, when the gift is all gift-wrapped and she's not expected to open it right away, her thank you goes something like this. Oh, thank you for this very, very big gift. Or, the wrapper of this gift is so colorful, colorful and fancy. Most of the time, the sheer excitement of the gift would have her open it up anyways. But it doesn't stop there. The next time they meet, my mom would make sure that she was wearing or using whatever was given to her. She then explained excitedly, Remember, remember this? He gave me this last time. She would even brag about that to the other relatives around them. Now think about this. As a giver of gifts, if you've given to different people and one was especially magnanimous with gratefulness, to whom do you think would you give more? In the same manner, 
if we are truly grateful for the abundance and blessings given to us, and if we display or use these gifts, then the giver would be more inclined to present us with more good gifts. Now let's put expectations and gratefulness together, and really what we can come up with is faith. If you want to be non-religious about this, then think of it as a certainty that something good will happen as it is supposed to be. Some people describe it as putting a claim out there. It's as if they expect that things will go their way and would actually already be thankful for the good things to come. So it's like saying, thank you for this wonderful meal, not only when you already had a good meal, but also when you want to have a good meal. Or saying, thank you for all these A's and B pluses, not only when you already had good grades or scores, but also when you want to have good grades or scores. Or saying, thank you for this 30% increase in income, not only when you already had that increase, but also when you want to have 30% increase in your income. So you may be scratching your head and asking, so are you saying that I should be thankful even when I still don't have something yet? Well, I guess the answer is yes, right? So before I tell you the practical applications of expectations and gratitude, I just want to share to you Chapter 7 of Wallace D. Wattles' The Science of Getting Rich. It was a book published in 1910, so it's copyright-free. Anyway, the whole chapter deals with gratitude. And if you're interested in my reading it, please do so comment back on my... So going back, how can we apply all these in our daily lives? Well, have you heard of those two simple steps in goal-making? The first step in goal-making is knowing and clarifying your goals. You determine what you want, own them, and write them down with a deadline. You list down all the benefits of each of your goals and the impact that they will give to your life or others. You describe them the best you could so that you could see them in your mind. The second step in goal-making, meanwhile, is looking for ways to program them in your mind. You can do this by writing down your major goals every day in the present tense. You can do this by constantly thinking about your goals and putting reminders around you that you have achieved your goals. You can also do this, and this is the application part of this podcast, by constantly expecting your days as if your goals are already there, and by constantly being thankful because you are already achieving and you have already achieved your goals. So this ends my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making this. Please do feel free to subscribe and register at my website, www.akvonline.com. And yeah, as a freebie to this podcast, please feel free to download Wallace D. Wattles' chapter on gratitude. Okay, see you next time, guys. Bye!